0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Sutras here. Man, got so many people that, you know, I uh, when it comes to guests, I always uh, will throw out a bunch of, like, hey, you want to come on Word Balloon and maybe talk to a half a dozen people. And sometimes they all say yes, and they're like, wow, really glad you got a hold of me because I've got some, you know, date-sensitive materials coming out, and I really want to help, you know, promote it by coming on your show. And I'm like, sounds great. But in those cases, that means we usually go into double feature mode. And uh, that's going to be the case for the next couple word balloons. Hey, it only means more programming and more conversation for you. Really excited about today's guests. we got Paul Cornell, who's going to be talking about Doctor Who, Cards, some other projects going on, Saucer State, his excellent formerly Vertigo series that's now an IDW series, uh, the last volume ended with a big reveal of somebody influencing American politics named Vladimir Putin. Dun-dun! And this is a while ago. This was before the election. And it's kind of amazing. Kind of like a couple weeks ago, we had uh, Karina Becko and Gabe Hardman on, talking about Invisible Republic, their great image series, and how the current politics have made the story that much more prescient and relevant. And the same can be said, certainly, for Saucer State. So Paul and I talk about that and a whole lot more. He just started a new podcast called uh, The Hammer House Podcast, and uh, we'll get into that as well. So Paul Carnell is coming up. We start off, though, with a great children's book called The Owl, The Ghost. And it's uh, drawn and written by Franco from Art and Franco, Tiny Titans fame, and, of course, the Oh Yeah! Podcast. And uh, he's got a great artist that he is collaborating with, who co-plotted and drew the story, Sarah Richard. Really excited to welcome them to Word Balloon to talk about this book. Get to know Sarah. Sarah has a very interesting background at Hasbro. Was a sculptor at Hasbro. And we talked about her uh, making action figures, although not in the traditional sense, not in the way that you would normally think. And maybe action figure people are already kind of hip to the kind of work that Sarah was doing. But she has a really interesting story, and uh, plus, it's a really beautiful uh, children's book, I would call it, and I think it's great for parents to uh, give to uh, their kids or read with their kids. It was a big hit at C2E2. It flew off of their tables, and at Action Lab, the publisher that uh, made The Owl and the Ghost, so it's uh, really fun. We start with them. And then we get into our conversation with Paul Cornell. Lots of fun on today's Word Balloon. It's all brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you very much, League, for your support. I hope you've uh, been enjoying uh, what you've been getting from Word Balloon lately. Uh, Only great and more things coming in the days and weeks ahead. So many first-timers, and uh, great to welcome back some uh, good old friends. And uh, I'm just excited as hell to bring you the programming that we normally do. If you want to subscribe to Word Balloon, you can go to patreon.com slash wordballoon. Or you can go to wordballoon.com and click on the Patreon ad right there on the front page. Thank you very much for your support, League of Word Balloon listeners. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. And there's some great stuff that is available right now, trade wise, in InStock. Uh, for instance, the Commandy Challenge. The hardcover is uh, just incredible right now. I called it a trade paperback. But this was great 360 pages, so many wonderful uh, teams. Uh, each given the challenge of, okay, I wrote my chapter, now you take over. Just a beautiful 12-issue series, and it really did a great service to the Commandy character, one of the Jack Kirby fourth world creations. Do you count him as fourth world? I mean, it's not New Gods, it's not Apocalypse, but I say so because, you know, it was part of that, uh, you know, I, I, unless unless Commandy came later. You know, I'm going to have to do my Wikipedia uh, research and, and make sure Commandy was either part of Kirby's original groupings of books, or did it come a little bit later, regardless, such a great story, such a great concept, and uh, great to see it in uh, wonderful, talented hands, in the Commandy Challenge, 50% off, it's just $19.99 at in-stock trades, you can get Punisher Platoon, this is uh, Garth Ennis and Goran Parlov, uh, before Vietnam, Uh, this is uh, Frank in the Army, uh, doing his thing. This uh, collects Punisher the Platoon mini-series. 50% off. It's just $8.99. You can get Phoenix Phoenix Resurrection, The Return of Gene Gray from Matthew Rosenberg and Reneal Francis Yu. A wonderful uh, mini-series, and I think uh, great work from Matthew. I, I love his independent work. I love what he's doing at Marvel. I can't wait to see what he does next. But this is 50% off, also $8.99. Just a couple of the great books available available to you now at uh, InStockTrades.com. How about Luke Cage, Volume 2, Caged, which was David Walker and Guillermo Sana doing the art. Uh, man, I love David's take on Luke Cage. This is 42% off, $9.27. So there's some of the great books available now at InStockTrades.com. Don't forget your orders of $50 or more. Receive free shipping. Do yourself a favor, you'll find great books at great prices by going to InStockTrades.com. Alright, without further ado, let's welcome Franco and Sarah Richard to talk about The Ghost, The Owl, the new Action Lamb children's book. It's beautiful, Uh, it uh, ends with a definite ending, but it leaves the door open for future stories. I certainly hope these guys get a chance to do more with these characters. Here are Sarah Richard and Franco on Word Balloon. Happy to welcome uh, Sarah, Richard, and Franco to Word Balloon. Welcome, guys! Thanks for coming on. Hey, Hi. thanks for having us on, John. Absolutely! Congratulations on a on a great story, um, a oh, very a, a beautiful story. Sarah, great art style. I love I, I love the, the the lush kind of uh, approach you take to art. How did you, were, were you always going to do comics? It's I like that. It's kind of got a atypical style. I think for comic books.
1: Ah, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd always kind of wanted to do something with art. Um, and I kind of fell into comic cons before anything. And I just sort of was having fun doing pinup illustrations for a bit. And then I guess when you just do enough conventions, it's sort of inevitable. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I do mostly covers. So I have more of a detailed style. So it was definitely really fun to try and translate that into pages. Um,
0: but yeah, what's your art background? Where did you uh, learn how to paint?
1: Uh, well, I've I've painted all my life, and like I've used acrylic mostly, which is what the books all painted in. Is, wow. Is a, yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I'd used acrylic. Oh man, forever and ever. But I um I went to Columbus College of Art and Design. Went into some animation. Couldn't have. I didn't have the patience for twenty four frames a second. So. Went into video, did sculpting, painted on the side. Like I never really majored in any illustration. It was just always something I did on the yeah. other side, of whatever the major was, I kind of bumped, hopped into. That's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, yeah, I just started doing conventions after I um, did some sculpting at Hasbro for a bit. And uh, the extreme amount of sculpting put me back into wanting to do art, uh, like traditional 2D art. So I've been doing that. For, like, the last, uh, seven years, I think, now.
0: Okay. For sculpting for Hasbro, were you making toys?
1: I was. I was a little elf, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You guys worked in the tree, obviously.
1: We did. It felt like it,
0: in the basement, basement of a tree. (laughs) Where is Hasbro? Where were you doing this? What city? Uh,
1: uh, Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Oh, okay. uh, There's a big mill building there. And, uh, yeah, um, pretty much straight out of school, I went into um, – temp position there and was working on like G.I. Joe and star Wars and um, yeah, mostly boys toys. I think I did like one littlest pet shop in one, my little pony, but everything else was
2: um,
1: yeah. Boys toys. So
2: it was well, awesome. how many, how many star Wars figures were you able to squirrel away for oh, your yeah, really? collection?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't have too many star Wars ones. I mostly squirreled away the Jurassic park and gem dolls whenever they were kind of left out in the hallways. So hilarious.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> did you, were your sculpts for, like, G.I. Joe and Star Wars? Would they be characters we'd know?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I did a lot of, like, kit bashing, so there's a lot of pieces that I've sculpted onto things. But, like, there's uh, the Baroness that was a San Diego exclusive. She, she looked like – it was the big one that looked like she was in a coffin, kind of. Wow. But, like, I sculpted her hair. I didn't do the whole thing, but I sculpted her hair. I sculpted a Zorana. I became the hair lady. Kind of like a, tiny, a tiny hairstylist. Um, that and, and like the Dinosaur Girl for a bit. So that was like my two my two jams at uh, at Hasbro. That's really this is
2: cool. so cool. I didn't know any of this.
3: This is awesome. Surprise! See <laughs> an onion?
2: No,
0: this is exactly we peeling the onion. I Fantastic. had to
2: come on Word Balloon to learn all this about you.
0: This is true. Very much. <laughs> you know, we know Franco already, and everything. We know we know Franco's origin. Well, how did you Franco? How did you guys get together for this?
2: Um, for, for this uh, well, I've known Sarah for, for a couple of years I mean uh, I you know it's funny just the other day I was going through uh, stuff in my storeroom and I came across one of your, your sketchbooks um, that you were selling at a convention or I got somehow from you because uh, yeah. it's signed uh, dinosaurs and stuff like that oh, no. Um, and it was from a few years ago so we've known each other for a couple of years but it's you know the same relationship you have with any other creator that, you know, you do the convention circuit and you see them in different cities, um, you know, all, all through the years. Um, and we were set up next to each other in Boston. Comic-Con. Yeah.
1: Sounds...
2: I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all start to run together after a while. Right. Yeah. But, um, we were set up ne- next to each other in Boston and we, you know, talking and stuff like that. And she had this beautiful, um owl print that she was selling um but i mean she was selling this thing people were coming up you know right and left to buy this this owl print and and i said to you at at one point i said are these people you know or do you not know them or like you know are they just fans and stuff like that she goes well you know i know a few of them but a lot of them are just you know just regular people and i'm like why are you not doing a book (laughs) With with this, you know, you're you're selling this print hand over fist, and and it's gorgeous, but you know, why are you not doing a book? Um, that's kind of like how it all started uh, with this particular project, and hopefully many more. But uh, um, yeah, you said yeah, I don't really do writing.
1: Yeah, I need um, to more. I've got all these ideas, but like it's yeah, I just haven't. Not until recently have I had stories that I, I have the confidence to flush out, I guess. Because I wrote a pretty mean fanfic back in high school, but like.
0: <laughs> what kind of fanfic?
1: Oh, my God. You know what's funny is I checked on fanfiction.net and they're still up. But they're,
3: uh,
1: yeah, no, never, you will never find out unless they're <laughs> on Patreon. Oh, you're not going to really.
0: tell us like Buffy or somebody. Oh, oh, that's nice. You're going to have, you're going to, you're going to give your your uh, fanfic on Patreon?
1: Yeah, if somebody were to donate a ridiculous amount of money, yes. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I did, like like I was obsessed with X Men Evolution, especially Nightcrawler for Fun. some reason. Yeah, and also like this anime called Sayuki and it's like oh my god, they're not bad.
2: Well, <laughs> cool. cool, you know what? I I was gonna say they can't be that bad because the this wasn't just, like, me. This story wasn't me. You know, a lot of it came from Sarah, too. I mean, we, we you know, we're texting each other back and forth, and she would send me articles about things and, and uh, you know, ideas for things. Uh, so I'm like, wow, these are great ideas. I'm using this, you know? So I wouldn't sell yourself short
0: there, lady. Yeah,
1: right. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have the confidence. <laughs>
0: well, it's a great story. It's, uh, you know, the, the animals take on kind of a human characteristic. There's a council of vowels, and uh, the ghost is is very sweet. And and you know, I'm not a sentimental person, but this this did make me like, ah, that poor Aww. kid. The poor Johnny, kid. T- we tugged at your heartstrings. You did tug at my heartstrings. It's absolutely <laughs> true.
1: a tear, a single tear from you as <laughs> one of our quotes or something for the
0: back. I shed a single tear. I like that. that that's very good. old
1: man sheds tear.
0: Jaded old man. <laughs> sad but true um, but no it's it really is it's it's a great story it's a, it's a it's got a great kind of you know fable quality to it and really your art knocks me out i i just think it's a, a really really impressionistic uh interesting style
1: thank you yeah i i really like um like art nouveau and art deco so like that's a lot of the the real kind of influence behind some of the line work and mm. and and all that um but, uh, and like, uh, Susan said in is like one of my favorite artists. She does these really beautiful, like shamanistic portraits of like people, animals, and it's all done in traditional style or a traditional media. And, um, but yeah, it's just kind of how I've always, how I've been painting recently and just kind of put everything I could into this book. So, uh,
2: yeah. One, one of the things too about this was when we, we first talked about it, um, one of the things she said to me, she goes, I'm not really a panel person. Uh, I don't do like really panel sequence stuff. And I'm like, "We, you don't have to. I, we can work. Yeah. We can work with this. We can yeah. work with this. And it's funny because if you look at the very first page of the book, there's one panel in the book. And and uh, I asked you to put that one panel in. So. I wanted people to know that this came from comic book people, but then if you look at the rest of the pages, there's no panels in, in any of the book except for that first page. Yeah. No, I'm we look, break with that quickly, yeah. I'm looking now. Yeah. That's
0: great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sort of kind of, <laughs> if you're if you're into comics, it like gives you that little bit of a familiar sort of launching point, and then it completely does away with that.
0: <laughs> but it almost, it, it too, I mean, especially that panel kind of sets up, all right, this is the world, and then it sucks you in, literally. And then all this stuff does kind of swirl around you. And I yeah. like that. You know, I love taking people that aren't regular comic book readers into a comic book store today and point to something like this that does come from left field and not a traditional panel-by-panel panel story. And they go, wow, this is comics. And I think that's, that's great. I mean, it's, it's the same way that uh, your style is different, but I would say your, story, your storytelling style reminds me of David Mack's stuff.
1: Oh man, that's a huge compliment.
0: Thank you. Oh <laughs> yeah, we were, we were just we were just talking about him actually yeah. before we came on. Great. Yeah. Did you guys, did you guys see him at C two E two? I know every we were all there. Um,
2: <laughs> actually, I saw him in New York a couple weeks ago at the at the uh, Society of Illustrators for the Mike Mignola exhibition. Oh, that's cool. Um, I was walking out and he was
0: walking in, um, so I got to talk to him there. Do You guys know him well. I, know, I mean, he's he's been a friend for a long time. He's a great guy. Yeah, Thanks. I've known him for years. Yeah.
1: I know him, I know him, um, not well, but like I'll see him at shows and he's always been like one of the nicest people. He's he's oh, super yeah. so I feel like he kind of forgets who I am, but every time I, I run by, I say hi, anyways.
0: <laughs> Do you so, have you shown him your stuff?
1: Um, maybe not. I was always too kind of, uh,
0: sheepish. Oh, he's I, so hope you, I hope <laughs> you show him this, honestly, because. Yeah, honestly, I think he'll. I, I think he'll really respond to it because, yeah, I think I think Kabuki fans and, and fans of his style and everything will. Again, there's another group of fans that I think would find this interesting.
1: That's really cool. Yeah, we were. I mean, we were talking about him beforehand about. We were. I mean, I was just admiring how he is able to get watercolor because, like, the book's yes. in acrylic. Watercolor still something I'm trying to work on, um, and how he can do shading, like a portrait with just like how I know you have to apply the paint to get that look, it's just, it blows my mind, like, how he's able to do that,
2: so. Sure. Uh, I was just, I was just complaining to Sarah before we came on how much I despise watercolors. Really? Yeah, because I, it's just something you just, I can't control. I mean, you know, David Mack can, and and Sarah can, but I I can't. It's one of my least favorite things to teach uh, to students, um, I avoid it at all costs, just because I just dislike it so much.
0: Is <laughs> it the I, I, just, I, I Yeah. Tell, tell me why. How, how is it well, difficult? I, you know, a there's layman. so many.
2: Th- yeah, there's so many different techniques. You know, there, there's dry on dry, wet on wet, and and you know, it, it just it just doesn't work for me. For you know, growing up and drawing with a pencil and drawing with a ballpoint pen all my life, I have that control. Whereas this just, there is no control with watercolor for me anyway. I just, because with Sarah, I was like, how do you do that? You know, and I knew that, you know, we were just talking that the book was all done in acrylics. And she said that, you know, well, I'll let her tell her, but you know, she's been painting with that all her life, but you know, watercolors is a different animal altogether.
1: Yeah. With the book, it's because it's acrylic, I was able to layer things and um, I'm pretty, pretty fast at layering with a, with watercolor If you layer it, it turns into like this mushy goo brown puddle kind of thing. So um yeah, acrylic acrylic to me is is just faster and more um it's like my ballpoint pen, I guess.
3: (laughs) Interesting.
1: Okay. Yeah, Yeah, like I I know how to make it work the way I want it to. Um but yeah, it was it's fun. A lot of the swirls in there, like I don't plan out ahead of time. Like I kind of get an idea of the direction that I want and like it really helped with the the I guess, quote unquote, like panels <laughs> to kind of flow and bring the person's eye through the page. But um, yeah, a lot of those swirls kind of come in after. I just sort of shut my brain off and just start adding swirls and stuff. But Well, they yeah. they,
0: they work for, you know, various uh, effects as far as action and things that happen in the book. And then, of course, the ghost herself, you know, right. she's, she's like one big swirl and everything. And that's obviously works for her ethereal kind of presentation. That's great.
1: Definitely. I just like I wanted the whole book to be like light, like very like ghost like itself. I yes. Guess.
0: Yes.
3: And
1: so even when we were planning out how to make the word bubbles, like it took a few like different yeah. tries because we wanted it to look like it would fit in with the swirl. So that's why there's kind of like that ghost aura. Yeah.
2: Them too. Shout out to Marshall Dillon, who lettered the book because. <laughs> he, oh, that's great. We we made him do it. Four or five times because it would come back, and we'd be like, "No, no." And Sarah's like, "No, I want it to be more like this," or you know, I'm like, "No, that doesn't work either." So until we found something, so um, yeah, I'm sorry, Marshall.
0: Well, <laughs> honestly, that's a challenge because you don't want the you want you want the balloons there, but you don't want it to overpower the art, obviously. Right,
1: yeah, like trying to get everything to fit because it's like having that traditional media with the digital text was really interesting to try and get to to settle at this nice medium area. Um, So I think, yeah, he totally killed it with those, with the design for the word bubbles.
0: So who's, who's publishing this? How, how's this coming out?
2: Uh, It's coming out through Action Lab and um, it comes out next week, the 25th. Oh, great. Um, Yeah. It comes out next week, but uh, we were just at C2E2 in Chicago and um, they had an exclusive C2E2 cover. Um, which kind of blew us away. We we sold a lot of copies, yeah. which I didn't think we were going to do, but it just, it amazed me. I've never had a situation where people would just come up, <clears throat> excuse me, come up to the table and see what you you know, what you have. But people were just coming up and going, I'll take that. Yeah. You know, what what is that? And you get halfway through your explanation and they're like, okay, I'll take it.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. Like I, I would tell people, you know, here's the new book out um are we good
0: yeah yeah i didn't know what that squeak was either but we're sure. fine keep going man,
3: man. All francis right. uh, are you
0: still there i just heard a pop out so maybe we lost franco for a second Oh. Uh, you there franco sorry yes yeah, sorry okay oh
1: cool All right. go on um, <laughs> yeah so at uh at c2e2 uh with with the, the book that we had on our tables um yeah when i when i would tell people you know what it was about. I'd kind of also say it's a completely hand painted graphic novel too. And then that kind of just, I'd see their eyes kind of go a little wide and they immediately start flipping through it. And yeah, it was like 10 pages in they're Like, all right, go, I'll take it. (laughs) So it was really cool. Well, it's
0: got, it's got that mouse guard storybook kind of a feel to it. And I, I think for parents looking to, for a book to share with their kids, I think this is that kind of book and everything. And, uh, no, I, that doesn't surprise me at all. And again, I think your art is so distinctive in a, in a great uh, children's book way, a non traditional comics way that I think I could totally see people picking this up. And yeah, you know, now that you say that, Franco, I do remember you saying that. Yeah, they they cleared out of like several cases, like seven or eight oh. cases or, or something. Yeah, like that. They,
2: well, I think the the total tally was they ordered fourteen cases for C2E2, and I think as of today they had one left. Wow. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. So
2: that just blew us away, yeah.
0: That's excellent. I, You know, um, are you guys uh, going to any stores? Uh, it's coming out, as you say, next Wednesday. But, is it, yeah, are you, are you going for any signings and stuff? Yeah, I gotta, uh, I
2: gotta... Funny enough, yeah, for free comic book day, Sarah's coming down to New York. for. Uh, um, we're going to be at oh AYA yeah Comics. Excellent. Yeah.
1: It's going to be great. It's going to be really awesome. I'm really excited. Um, I've always wanted to to see the store, too. So, yeah, I'll be there at Free Comic Book Day. Um, I've got a signing in (coughs) Somerville, Massachusetts. Say it
0: again because Franco was uh, coughing. Sorry. Way to go, Franco. (laughs) Sorry.
1: Sorry. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm signing at Kamikaze in Somerville on uh, Wednesday the 2nd. And then um, uh, I've got a couple other signings as well.
2: I think uh, we're also going to be at um, the day after free comic book day. Um, we're going to be at Barnes and Noble in uh, Stanford or
0: uh, what? Is it Stanford, West, Connecticut. Yeah. Okay. And Somerville. Oh. Forgive me. You know, middle mid- Midwest guys. So, which which day oh. is Somerville.
1: Uh, it's in Massachusetts. It's right in Boston area, kind of. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that'll be really cool. I'm really really excited uh, to to start up. The signings and all the craziness when it finally actually comes out, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, so is this your big debut, Sarah? Uh, no, I've, I've, yeah. Done- well, tell me about your other books then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, other than doing uh work on like my little pony and like other comic covers, mostly, mm-hmm. uh, I did a, a book called uh, kitty and dino, um, for Yen press like years ago. Okay. Um, and it was nominated for an Eisner, which is pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but that one's really hard to get a hold of now. Like it, it didn't. It wasn't really what the company um, specialized in. They're more of like a manga sort of um, translation publishing company. I feel so they kind of dipped their toes into kids' books for a bit, and then um, yeah, it's just kind of floating around on Amazon now. It's kind of hard to get a hold of. But uh, but yeah, this this book I knew kind of what to expect going into creating a full book and uh if you were to see the two books side by side it's it's crazy to see how i don't want to like toot my own horn or anything but i got better <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yes. um it's it's uh yeah it's cool um i have such a good feeling about this book though too that i think it's gonna go above and beyond what uh, i could have ever expected the other book to do maybe,
2: so. maybe another eisner nomination for you i'm gonna get it you know <laughs> Cuz the, the book looks just fantastic. I mean, yeah. she made me look she made me like
0: really good here, John, you know. <laughs> I could tell. No, I knowing you, I, I yes, I would say so. I think. <laughs>
1: like the story is so amazing. though, too. It's just like it's so heartfelt. I mean, like I yeah. feel something. <laughs>
0: so. <laughs> No, definitely. I, honestly, you, no. You feel it. You really do. Re- looking at looking at your work, and and really the two of you together, I think you've you've come up with a really cool story. So, is the plan to hopefully, if if well received, you've got more stories? Well,
2: that's that's kind of a weird thing because the the deal with Sarah was I don't know if you remember this, Sarah, but it was if if we do this together, then you'll do another one with me right. for. Basically, this one's yours. The next one's mine. Type thing. Yeah, um, and she, and she, you know, she agreed to it.
1: Yeah, it's a very but, Ursula aerial contract signing. It was really yeah. crazy.
2: <laughs> but uh, but what happened was before we walked into C two E two, we talked to Action Lab and they were talking about doing another one before yeah. the book even went on sale. Wow, that's and, great. And that kind of that kind of blew us away a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, and then the sales of the book blew us away even more. So, yeah, we're just, we're stunned. And I think we're going to do another one.
3: Yeah.
2: It's Sarah's game. I, I know you, I am.
1: You heard it here first. I yeah. it
2: <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's we've been, we've been throwing ideas on, on text back and forth, you know, um, uh, ever since he tweeted, how about this? Or what about this? So, yeah.
1: in some scientific articles about um, how spirit energy is recorded and stuff. <laughs>
0: Oh wow! Like white noise yeah. or whatever, or...
1: yeah, stuff like that. Well, yeah, we haven't done white noise yet. It's it's fun. Like I mean, just finding these little bits and pieces of of just paranormal stuff that could potentially be even just a little piece of, sure. of a potential story. Um, because yeah, part of the part of the first book, there I a I don't want to give it away, but like there is a huge part of the story that's based on something that happened in San Francisco with somebody's house and uh, how it's tra- Ah, man it's a spoiler. You'll have to
0: yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, well that's the thing. Spoiler. Yeah, I mean honestly it's I i it, because it, and two, it's you know it's a forty eight page book, so y- you know, yeah, I, I don't want to spoil uh, too much of the story, but no, I, I you know I would also say uh, Swamp Thing fans who love the Council of Trees will get into <laughs> I think the way you guys handle the owls and everything.
1: That was really fun. That was a really cool section, and it's just like it leaves itself open to so much more. Um,
2: yeah, right.
1: So, I mean, I'm excited to see what Franco's got
2: cooking up for that. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Things things are brewing in my brain. They'll they'll be out. Yeah. It was just it was just so much fun to work with Sarah. I mean, she's just so gracious and so easy to work with. Like I'd bounce something off her and. And she'd come back with something else, and and it just it just fit really well, um, you know. Like she would send me articles about things that she found. How about this? What about this? And and um, you know, as we, as I was working the story, she sent me this one, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is this like kind of pulls the whole thing together, and it was kind of what I was looking for. So um, it was a good working relationship, and yeah. and uh, I definitely want to do it again.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I'm really appreciative too of like like Franco was really cool with letting me if I had an idea of how to illustrate something like it, it just felt so easy and I wasn't you know stressed out that it wouldn't fly like you know I, I've never worked with somebody so awesome love you man oh, oh,
2: <laughs> thank you <laughs> that's very nice thank yeah. you that's beautiful well, I would that's I would get I would get these random texts from Sarah saying you know well, well what if we did this and my usual response is it's our book we can do whatever the F we want.
3: I yeah. even well, if I
1: would say that over and over again I, it would just never get through my brain because it's like I'm so used to like NDAs and like what an editor wants and it was just so cool to just whatever came to mind I could put in there and it would you know it would work for everybody yeah that's oh, excellent yeah.
2: I mean you know I know that you have creators on here all the time John that talk about you know create their own stuff and doing their own thing and man it's kind of cool when you do you I know. bet
1: <laughs> like looking at the book when it was done, like actually being able to hold it finally. Like, I mean, we scared the dude that we were signing the book for. Like, there's one guy who was the first <laughs> to get it signed. I was screeching like a banshee. <laughs> In yeah,
2: because well, it
0: was the first time you'd actually really like gone through the book. Well,
2: scary. also because like, like it was yeah, because it was a false start for us as well. Because we we were there on Friday. Or no, sorry, I was there on Thursday for the retailer summit. And the book was supposed to be there for the Retailer Summit. And I get there and I found that, find out that the book wasn't there. Uh, so I go to talk to Action Lab and they're like, well, we don't know what happened. We're trying to find out. The, they call the printer and the printer's like, yeah, it's sitting here on the floor of the factory. <laughs> and they're like, why? It was supposed to be here today. So he, he worked it out with them and they had to ship it overnight. Um, so they said they told us it was supposed to be there like after ten o'clock or eleven o'clock in the morning, on Friday, um, when I had talked to him pre you know earlier in the in the morning and okay. uh, so the convention had started and people were were in I think it was maybe about noon or one o'clock yeah when the guy walked over and he said hey would you mind signing this for me and I looked at him I'm like whoa where'd you get this like where, where did this thing come from and. I snatched it out of the guy's hands what? and like he, he jumped back a little bit, you know, and I, and I held it up over my head. I'm like, because Sarah was set up across the aisle from me. Yeah, I saw and, and I and I held up the book. I'm like, Sarah, Sarah, and she looked, and I can I can hear her audibly, Aye! you know, squeal, and then she came and then she came running over and she goes, let me see it, let me see it. And the guy's like, I just want my book signed, dude, you know. He
1: signed in his book like first too so he's got like a little piece of something there but um uh, but yeah it was crazy I was talking to people and then I just see Franco like waving this thing and I was like I'm sorry guys but shut up a sec I gotta go do something <laughs> <laughs> like like record over my table came oh, over to daddy. franco and yeah just like holding this thing that it took me like it I think it, it was about a year
3: of painting. about a year yeah.
1: yeah and to have it like Tangible, Like you can watch, you can see PDFs all day and that's, that's fine. But like just holding a tangible book, it just really is one of the most fulfilling things i ever felt as an artist. So, that's uh,
3: a,
2: yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, laugh off or sneeze off those, those PDFs. Cause man, on a <laughs> random, on a random Wednesday afternoon, I would get an email from Sarah with, with a, a new page, you know, or a text and I just stop everything just to look at it because they're just like gorgeous to look at. Absolutely. Um, you know, and sometimes she'd send me two at a time and I'm like, Ooh, double bonus, you know? Yeah,
3: yeah. I was trying
1: for <laughs> five at a, in a, at a time, but I got too excited. So sometimes, yeah, I would kind of just send <laughs> like one or two. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, I just remember when you said that like your wife thought they were really beautiful and that meant so much too. Like,
2: yeah, because she hates my artwork. She's
1: going to rub it in a little bit more.
2: Yeah, but true. <laughs> You know, you know how they say, you know, you as an artist, you're your own worst critic. Yeah, mine, mine is my wife. She, <laughs> she, she would, she will, she will not hesitate to criticize. Well, this doesn't look very good. But when your pages came in, she goes, was that another Sarah page. I'm like, yeah, but I'm looking at it first.
3: I
0: wrote the, I wrote the damn thing. I get to look at it first.
3: <laughs> oh man.
0: <laughs> well, the PDF that uh, you guys sent me, I, I looked really great on my Kindle, and uh, yeah, I, it does, it does come through and. Uh, no, I look forward to seeing the uh, the physical copy uh, at my comic store ne- this Wednesday. The Ghost and the Owl. And it's a hardcover, but it's uh, absolutely worth getting from Action Lab. Uh, from uh, Franco and Sarah Richard. No, I appreciate you guys coming on and uh, talking about the book, Continued Success. What's the next convention for both of you?
1: Um, I've got a small one in New Hampshire coming up on Sunday. Uh, it's Granite State. Comic- oh, sure. Oh, yep. Or, yep. And then uh, end of the month. Uh, will be Calgary, so that'll be my first show when the book's officially released. So I'll be up at Calgary Comic Expo. Wow! Uh, not sure if I can get all my books up there because it's kind of a ways for me. But um, yeah, I'll be happy to sign whatever comes through up there. So mm-hmm. yeah.
2: excellent, Francis. I'll what's be your? At, um, yeah. I'll be at East Coast Comic Con in New Jersey uh, the weekend of the twenty seventh. Oh good! And then, uh, I think I'm doing uh, Heroes Con this year. And uh, New York Con later on. Sure. And I'm sure a few, Terrific Con at Mohegan Sun in uh, in uh, Connecticut as well.
1: Excellent. Oh, yeah. I think we're both, actually. Yeah, I it.
2: think you're going to be there too, possibly, yes. I have to yes. talk to you about that. Yes. Outstanding.
1: All my, um, all my uh, convention uh, appearances are on my website, too, if anybody wanted to check
0: those yeah, out. Yeah, what's your website, Sarah?
1: It's, uh, it's myname.com. So, Sarah Sarah .com. Yep. Cool. No H, no S. <laughs>
0: Right, yes, S A R A, and then yeah, R I C H A R D. Yeah, very cool, man. Excellent. Well, no, this is great, guys. I, I honestly uh, thank you for making me and the Word Balloon audience aware of this great book. I, I absolutely recommend it, and I think it's a it's a good first reader in a lot of ways. And I think again, I think it's a great book for parents to. Read with the kids, and I think they will very much get into the fantasy world that uh, Sarah Richard and Franco created with this excellent story. The Ghost, the Owl from Action Lab. Thanks, guys. Thank you. That's Sarah Richard and Franco. I look forward to our next conversation about the ghost and the owl. Or, pardon me, the owl and the ghost. See? I'm all scrambled. You know, it's the weekend. What can I say? On to our conversation with Paul Cornell. Paul, it's uh, wonderful to have him back. And uh, we're certainly talking about Doctor Who. He uh, just released a adaptation of Twice Upon a Time, the final Peter Capaldi adventure. It was the Christmas special. It was a crossover with the first Doctor. And, my God, it was so beautifully acted. And I love when uh, they adapt things like this because you really get to go inside the heads of the characters more in these adaptations. The Target books, as we discussed, were such an important part of the Who-verse uh, as they were being made. Americans certainly got to know the first three Doctors that way when we were only getting the Tom Baker shows back in the 70s and into the early 80s until the Peter Davidsons and the, the Pertwee started to pop up. And now, obviously, everything that's out is probably available. But uh, it was a wonderful introduction. We all we both pay uh, great respect to Terrence Dix, one of the great uh, writers that uh, did not only Who uh, episodes, but also adapted a lot of the Target books. And then Paul also is contributing to... The Wild Cards um, paperback series, uh, George R. R. Martin's uh, wonderful series of superheroes in the real world. I've been reading them since the 80s, and uh, it continues to delight and entertain. And this is a British-centric uh, volume, plus an additional non-British uh, volume that Paul is contributing to. Um, but we talk about that, and it's Bernice Summerfield's uh, 20th anniversary at Big Finish, The Who Companion. And uh, he's got a few other things, including Saucer State, uh, which uh, he's getting ready to uh, start working on Volume 3. But Volume 2, as I said in the intro, uh, it's all about aliens kind of uh, infiltrating uh, the American government. And uh, started with Saucer State. Or no, Saucer, Saucer Country, I want to say, was the first one, then Saucer State. And we're waiting for, to see what uh, Volume 3 will bring. But uh, Vladimir Putin was the big reveal as one of the big bads at the end of uh, Volume 2. So uh, certainly uh, today's current events must be informing what Paul might have planned for Volume 3. That and a whole lot more. Really excited to bring you this conversation now with Paul Cornell on Word Balloon. Always happy to welcome Paul Cornell back to Word Balloon. Thanks for coming back. Oh, thanks for asking me back. Congratulations with the, uh, is it Twice Upon a Time? Isn't that the title of the Doctor Who uh, crossover with the first Doctor and... uh, you know the, yes. the i get my numbering wrong if uh, he's 12 he's 12 isn't he he uh, is
4: 12 there yeah. we go yeah
0: um, what, what a great story and and great to see the target books back and great to see you get this assignment
4: Well, yeah it's been it's been lovely we've had we had an enormous signing with um, all of us who were involved last friday and it was just immense that went on for three and a half hours forbidden planet had to stay open an extra two and a half hours to uh let, let everybody through um I, honestly when you're in the middle of something like that you couldn't be more pleased that's what we live for really i mean sure they were there for uh steven and russell um so it was kind of fame fame by proxy but um you know it was lovely <laughs> to be there
0: well but you're you know i mean you've made your doctor who stamp with your television episodes and certainly uh your books and short stories that you've done and and your big finish work as well so you know you're 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 a big i granted not russell t davies or stephen moffat level uh you know association with with the thing but i'm sure that your fans showed up and were very happy to see you wow. But um, no, it, it was,
4: it was, it was a delight. And we've sold out our first print runs, all of us, and they're reprinting and it, it, it's brilliant. Um, they, they called me up to ask about this late last year. And um, I kind of, I, I'd already said that I was finishing up doctor who that I, I was only going to do my own characters from now on. Oh, okay. But, but this was too delicious to pass up. It was, um, just just uh, to be a target author, that's um, that's quite something. And I'm quite content now because there's nothing left in Doctor Who that's as delicious as that. Understood. So I, I yeah. can now say, once again, I am back off to just
0: doing my own characters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you had this opportunity because even I in America growing up really loved the tar- the target books. At the time, we only were getting... Uh, mostly Tom Baker stuff, and this would be the late seventies or even the mid seventies. I remember getting uh. Tom Baker stuff, uh, Chicago WTTW television, public television, and uh, I remember too we got a bit of the Pertwee's, and then we got all all the Pertwee's that survived. Um, but that was it. So really, to understand the history of Doctor Who, we leaned on the Target books, and they're great. They're they're adaptations of the show, as is your episode Ooh. or your 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 novel. But they and, and you it's just as good as the targets were in terms of being rich and getting a little deeper as much as, yeah. a, you know, being a television adaptation. And it really was this wonderful way to understand the history of Doctor Who before, you know, certainly what few other previous uh, episodes have survived and now have been. Playing all over the world, so it's great to see your involvement. And and yeah, this is just another great example. I think, I think yours is the only of the currents that I that I read, but I thought it was tremendous. And you know, you oh, get you, you get it. Yeah, you get inside of both the uh, both doctors' heads in a way that the television show isn't able to do.
4: And I give Bill a happy ending, which was uh, something I really wanted to do.
0: <laughs> Absolutely great great television production. And that guy David and I forget his name, the actor that played Hartnell. Oh, David Bradley. David Bradley, who's so good in, man, uh, everything he does. I love him mm. in uh, the Edgar Wright movies when he pops up as well. Um, mm. But my God, when they when they first cast him to be Hartnell for that BBC produced, you know, kind of biopic of Hartnell and everything, it's scary how much he looks like him. So much more. I thought they did a great job with the five doctors and the actor that played Hartnell. And he was different, but, it, you know, it was fun seeing that guy kind of being the first doctor. But, yeah, uh, David really becomes the doctor in that in that television episode.
4: Well, yeah. And, uh, of course, I got to write uh, uh, Jodie Whittaker from very briefly at the end, which was a great pleasure.
0: <laughs> That's excellent, man. So, you know, have you ever – I don't think I've ever asked you who your favorite doctors are. Do you, are you able to do that? Or are oh, you yeah. Able, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, well, yeah. of
4: course, I'm a, I'm a Hugh fan. I've got the, I've got a list sitting in the back of my head at all times <laughs> um, of, of anything. Um, it, it's, uh, I, I, I think weighing it all in all, Sylvester McCoy is probably my favourite Doctor. Wow. Cool. Uh, but um, at times I lean towards Peter Davison. At times I lean towards Peter Capaldi. And um, so yeah, but but Sylvester McCoy has got so many. Uh, there's so much I love about his his work, and he's got so many good associations for me. So, yeah, I think that's where I am right now.
0: That's excellent. Like I said, uh, Baker was my first Doctor, and of course, he couldn't help but love him. And I was really excited about Peter Davison. Again, Target Books, we got the, I believe it was The Visitation, was the first uh, novelization in, uh, with the Fifth Doctor, and it had his picture on the cover. And again, we got that before we got the shows. And then oh, he, yeah. he and uh, Sandra Dickinson came to Chicago for uh, signing at a comic book store. Well, yeah,
4: Chicago, Chicago was always big for Who in the States, wasn't it? I mean, the, the big visions conventions and all that.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, and now I'm blanking uh, The the uh, John Nathan Turner. Hmm. He came, and uh, Tegan came, and Nissa came, and Harry, who also, Ian Martin, who wrote uh, a Target book or two, as I remember.
4: Yes, Ian Martin had a, a, um, a, was... Wrote several of them, yes. Very and, cool. Yeah, I, I learned the other day that, um, well, I, I, I had a little um, case of the um, the new Target book sent to, over to Terence Dix, and he emailed me being very pleased about that. So that, that was a, very, a great pleasure to do.
0: That's great to hear, because, yes, I was going to mention, he wrote a lot of the Target books, Correct.
4: Uh, Yeah, he wrote the vast majority. I mean, a a, a really staggering number of them. And his work in them is is extraordinary in that not only does he have this immensely clear, precise, simple prose that really gets the job done, and I was emulating all the time in Twice Upon a Time, but um, he also, he tidies up the plots. Um, Yes. He he does so many little nips and tucks and explanations and makes things better all over the place. And... um, You know, uh, fact of fiction articles in um, Doctor Who magazine, Alan Barnes writing them has taken to really comparing what the original plot was with what Terrence does to it, (laughs) and sometimes there are literally dozens of little interventions he does just to make everything better.
0: (laughs) Well, and also then um, the budgets were small, and you really had to use your imagination, I think. I mean, that... I remember that one Tom Baker episode, and I want maybe it was the horror of Fang Rock or something, where it was like a stuffed animal was like the the, the monster. I could be m- misremembering which specific episode oh, it might have been.
4: The, the stuffed animal sounds like Talons of Wang Chiang.
0: Yes, thank you, absolutely. Yeah. See, there you go, Paul. Or there was
4: there was the, the Taran Wood Beast, <laughs> uh,
0: uh, which but that only pops up for a moment. Um... <laughs> but my point being that, as you say, with Terrence sticks. The books really do – your imagination is much more expansive than, I'm sure, whatever the television mm. budget was able to produce. The War Games is a great example of that. The I believe that's the last of the uh, uh, Patrick Patrick Troughton uh, stories, right? Mm.
3: Yeah. And,
4: and, yeah. and uh, the, the book, actually, uh, it, it's a bit – a bit too cut down um yeah. I, I think i think the the tv version of the war games is excellent and Ooh. it's been it's been gaining um gaining critical um respectability hugely in recent years and um it it's one of the one of the serials that has been um reevaluated the most in fact uh, because for 10 episodes there's very little fat in it and um uh, and the book is a bit too short really to, to cover the distance. Uh, I think Terence actually, um, uh, you know, uh, short circuits a bit. And, uh, but, um, it's a very late book and, uh, no, oh, it's not Terrence. That's why it's Malcolm Hawk. Ah, okay. It, it's, it's, Ma- it's Malcolm Hawk's, um, last work in, and he dies before it comes out. Interesting. Um, wow. And, um, so yeah, but, uh, Anyway, um,
0: <laughs> no, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because again, and, and I haven't seen the war games yet. I, I don't know if I'm sure it's on DVD or whatever by now. Oh yeah. Well, every, every, everything that exists is on DVD. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. And you know, that's, that almost feels like on her Majesty's secret service in terms of, I think serious bond fans look at that and you know, other people, yeah, George Lazenby, whatever. And it's like, no, no, no. George Lazenby may not have been the actor that the other bonds have been. But you have to, you know, say from a story standpoint, and just that I thought personally, I think from the direction they go into with that Bond movie, I'm like, he's in one of the best Bond movies. It's no, mm. he's not the actor that the other side. That's my opinion of of uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. As a, as a Bond fan, I'm assuming. What what do you think of uh, that film?
4: Well, yeah, um, I, I, I hold much the much the same opinion. I I quite like how different he is actually. Yes, um, I, I I like. Hello, my name's James Bond. <laughs> Um, which is is so deliberate a a break a break from the past you know
0: (laughs) and also his nods to the camera this didn't happen to the other fellow yeah yeah. (laughs) excellent very cool no and and truly uh yeah like we said the the target books were a great tradition i'm glad this series came out do you know are they going to continue i know you said your your association will will end with this one but
4: uh well i i people are saying they might um and the success of these sort of yeah makes makes me think that uh, they're gonna so um but there's been nothing official but i i would have thought I, I i think the response to this has been so nice that they won't we won't be able to help but replicate it excellent and yeah so um i'd i'd like somebody else to novelize human nature and father's day please hopefully elizabeth miles my podcast companion oh um, that's great Tell me. Well, and... no, well, no, no, no. That's why I want to do it. <laughs> there have been, you know, I'm just casting that out into the world. You know, okay. I nobody knows about that officially yet. You know?
0: I understand. Um, so, were you able to choose, or did they say, "Do you want to do Twice Upon a Time"? How did it work? It was specifically um,
4: uh, the, um, the the editor of the range. Um, uh, the wonderful Albert uh, called called me up and uh, uh, asked me to do twice upon a time. Steve, Stephen Moffat had, had asked for me, which is a very nice thought.
0: That's excellent, man. That's really oh. really cool. Very cool. I uh, no, it's it's fantastic. And yet, yeah, people don't don't say, "Well, I saw it. I don't need to buy it." No, you really do, because again, I love how you get into everybody's heads. And and as you know, like you said, the best of Terence Dicks was kind of not that this story needed fixing, but again, just a, a depth to the story. That we get beyond the television show, and, I, and it's absolutely worth getting. So, uh, well,
4: I think it's a good one for going into the heads of the characters because yes. that that gives a um, a lot more dimensions. And I get to have fun. I get to do descriptions of Mark Gatiss and Toby Whithouse, which was one of my uh, <laughs> one, one of the, one of the things shallowly um, that uh, I immediately thought of when they when they asked me. <laughs> and um, and I get to, you know, Terence Dix has these wonderful quick descriptions of each doctor that just work. Mm -hmm. Um, I used his for William Hartnell, but um, I had to come up with my own entirely new ones for not only um, Peter Capaldi, but Jodie Whittaker as well. So that felt like, uh, you know, very much carrying the torch to to be able to be the first person to, well, not in the case of Peter, the first person, but um, maybe, I don't know how currency the other writers who have attempted peter in in book form have have been um but um but no that was a great pleasure so uh yeah i
0: I couldn't feel more pleased about that about the whole adventure you know and and just my own personal observation i love peter capaldi I've, i've loved him since local hero that william forsyth movie he made uh back in the early 80s when he's a kid and it's so great it was just on uh turner classic movies our old movie uh Cable Channel, uh, a, a couple months ago. Wonderful film, Burt Lancaster, Peter Riegert, and, and Peter mm. very young and everything. But, I, you know, it took a while, as I guess maybe it probably does for a lot of Doctors, where I didn't... I don't know why. I just... It, I'm like, why aren't I enjoying this more? The writing was great, and I think Peter was certainly doing what he does, but it really didn't seem like, until this final season, that I really was like, oh, he's really comfortable being the Doctor, and he... And he, he 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 found his voice, and again, maybe others, other fans felt it much sooner.
4: But well, I, I, yeah. I, I I thought his his first season is one of my favorite seasons of Doctor Who because it's so brave and um, it's so different, and he's so interesting, and um, I I love the arc that mellows him out. That you know he yes. he kind of lives a complete human life. Um, but at the start, that's such a, uh, it feels like a new show. It feels like a brand new production team and it was not a brand new production team. And, uh, how many production teams can actually do that? Reinvent the show to feel like somebody else has taken over. I'm, I'm amazed by that.
0: Very cool. Well, and also transitioning to another uh, thing of yours that's coming out, uh, Benny Summerfield, feel, uh, mm. re- re- reaching her, uh, 20th anniversary. That's amazing. 20 years. Oh my god.
4: Well, it, she's 20 years at Big Finish, okay, and and uh, even longer in existence. And uh, because she was a, a, a Virgin New Adventures books character before she arrived at Big Finish. Sure. Okay. But, but now Lisa Lisa Bauman has been playing her for 20 years at Big Finish, and it's a, a, They're doing so much for the anniversary. They um, Big Finish are really pulling out the stops. There's several box sets there are some books um, it, it's just delightful how much energy they're putting into her um, they've always been amazingly supportive of her and I, I think Big Finish kind of feel that um, she's like, because she was their first character, she was mm-hmm. the first thing they did um, that you know, it's kind of um, honouring their roots to to still support her and I'm, I'm delighted they're doing so. James Goss is the um, the uh, producer the range editor of uh, bernice at the moment and he's doing an amazing job there's a short story competition for somebody who hasn't been published by big finish before to do a bernice story this year wow um and that that was really important to me it was something i asked about because bernice was always the place where new writers would arrive at big finish and um yeah, there's there's just a ton of stuff, and all the all the people most associated with writing her have come back, um, you know. So we've got we've had Jack Rayner in, and Gary Russell in, and uh, uh, Simon Guerrier. and everybody who's um, made a contribution over the years has has come back to stir the pot a bit. So this it's been wonderful to be part of.
0: Excellent, man. I I'm such a fan of radio audio drama. I suppose because certainly now with uh, the internet and the different platforms, uh, and certainly books on on tape as well, or yeah, books on tape. I'm showing my age, uh, but you know the the ability to do audio drama. Uh, you know, and, and it's it's an art that uh, it's only in spotty uh, places here in the states, but I'm really mm. glad that uh, it's such a great tradition throughout the UK and throughout Europe. And, man, I am constantly listening to BBC for extra for mm. uh, for their new audio dramas and stuff. And Big Finish always does great stuff. Before we started recording, I was telling you, uh, Chris Thompson of Titan Comics and I were talking about how much we loved uh, the Prisoner adaptations mm. that Big Finish has been doing. And I'm such a fan of the old Patrick McGowan show. And I, I really do think that those... New ones that Big Finish has been doing have been exceptional, and they've they are, always been they great excellent. with the new stuff.
4: They are excellent. The um, uh, Big Finish, I think uh, we, there was a conversation recently. They're trying to work out if they're currently the biggest producer of audio drama in the world because um, they may be doing slumps. They may, may be doing more than the BBC are.
0: <laughs> That's
4: amazing! <laughs> wow. <laughs> And, uh, because they, they do come out with an awful lot of stuff every month true and, and um and i love the fact they're moving on to original work now as well that like they're really? coming out with a series of their own absolutely uh, so um yeah it's it, it's been it, the um uh, one of the the initial Benny's anthology for the um anniversary year is out now and the box sets are all forthcoming, and there's even more stuff I know about which hasn't been announced yet. That's wow. the lovely thing. Amazing. Um, there's going there's going to be something something Bernice Bernice every couple of months throughout this year. It's it's tremendous stuff.
0: It's great that it's you know that she's taken a life of her own and become such a a big character. You know, I mean, yeah, because never this was like you said, it started in the Virgin books. This was not a, a television Who verse character. Mm. and um. I, I think
4: Lee, as when Lisa arrived, I, then, I immediately kind of could, could not imagine another voice for Benny.
0: That's amazing. Uh,
4: and, um, you know, uh, she's really put her heart and soul into it over the years. And, uh, you know, has, has become a power at Big Finish herself with directing things. and oh, wow. Uh, yeah, uh, which is, is tremendous. You know, she, she works on so many other ranges apart from Benny's um so yeah it it, it uh, I, I i love it when um <laughs> when benice gets involved in uh in other ranges as well so the um the fact that we've had some Doctor who crossovers and uh
0: yeah it's been great it's been great have you written a lot of audio drama yourself
4: um not so much i've written a couple of things for b b c radio um I wrote an adaptation of an Ian Banks story with the um, cooperation of, of of banks, um, and uh, I, I had another horror play on on the afternoon play slot. Sure, and, and I've done
0: three or four things for Big Finish over the years. Um,
4: How is uh, it writing
0: that compared to novels and comics and the like?
4: Uh, well, it, it's it's a. <sighs> It's an entirely different discipline of its own. Sure, um, you just have to bear in mind all the time that you can't see, <laughs> <Of> and, <course. laughs> and find and find a way to um, to convey information um, without it seeming clunky. It's it's quite a skill. People have conversations where they offhandedly refer to their surroundings a lot.
0: Sure, um, of course, yeah, exposition that way certainly. Yeah, I, but. No, go on. On. Yeah, I was gonna say no go on if you had more. Please.
4: No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, craft is 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 complicated.
0: Well, and um I noticed too on your blog you've got a new Audible short story. Now is that uh a short story made for audio or is yes. it an adaptation? Oh please tell that's, me about it. That,
4: that's out this week. Um it's um it's called A Conclusion. It's an Audible Original Um, It's a hard SF story. Um, They're putting out three anthologies of stories that are completely commissioned for Audible. They're not available in print form, in prose form anywhere. They are simply read short stories. And um, I'm one of their science fiction volume, which um, is called uh, uh, JALI, J-A-L-I, and I'm an amazing company of people like uh, Lauren Vukas and Ken Liu. Cool. And um, these anthologies, there's a crime anthology and there's a literary anthology, and all of them are free to Audible subscribers. If you're already an Audible subscriber, you can just download them for nothing.
0: Excellent. And,
4: and mine's read by um, Damien Lynch, who's one of my favorite voice actors. He was the um, voice of all my Shadow Police novels.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Um,
4: so uh I couldn't be happier. It's nice to write hard SF. I don't get to exercise those muscles very often. And the story's about um uh, simulation theory. Um the idea we're all living in the matrix. Um <laughs> but it, t- and and despotism and uh, taking those two things to an extraordinary degree. And um it's <sighs> It's not bleak. I think there's hope at the end, but it's my dystopia. And um, I'm. Yeah, I'm very pleased with it. it, it it's. Uh, they asked me specifically, which was also pleasing, because apparently I do quite well on Audible. So um, they wanted to round up people who already had audiences for them.
0: That's fantastic, man. And, you know, I do love science fiction presented in audio form because I really do think you can get immersed in it and really lay back literally and and, and find yourself mm. in that world and you know again big Finish does such a good job with that and the right audiobooks i think are able and each, to convey that A each story
4: is story is only about an hour so um, cool. it's an easy listen
0: excellent wow that's that's amazing that's fantastic man i uh no i'm a, i'm a huge I'm, like i said i'm a huge audiophile so that's uh, that's terrific, and I'm glad that you got that opportunity. and And it's good to hear that you you've got that kind of audio audience as as well. You mentioned despotism; we know nothing of that right now in this state. <laughs> Well, no,
4: but, yeah, absolutely,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we only laugh because we're crying inside. You understand?
4: Oh so. yes. Oof. But I, I'm I'm up to quite a bit um, social media wise right now. I'm I'm doing a, a Reddit AMA um, on the 28th of April
0: excellent i'll make sure that this comes out before then so people can jump in on that go on
4: oh yeah and um i'm i'm writing this uh, email newsletter uh, for subscribers every friday and um it's really enjoyable i'm i'm pouring my my energy into it i'm uh, kind of writing a diary about what i've been up to every week professionally and otherwise <laughs> and um it's a whole new art form for me. Um, and uh, if, you, if you fancy signing up for for that, um, it's, uh, um, just pop along to my website, paulcornell.com, and there's a sign-up form on the front. And um, you just get one email a week from me where I talk about projects I'm working on, and I'll be spotlighting a unpublished creator every week. Um, so if you are an unpublished creator in the SF fantasy field or whatever, um, you know, I'm looking to uh, put you forward. Um, and the details of how to do that are on the newsletter. And there's there's uh, about every um, month or so, there's a prize com- contest. It was every week when I started out. But I, honestly, I ran out of good prizes. Um <laughs> And I went. I went. And looked in my cupboard of um, my back catalogue cupboard, oh. and I thought, "Well, I, I, can't, we're going to get down to the. Would any of you like a copy of my first SF novel, which goes for ten p on Amazon? I, I thought I'm, I don't want to go there. I'm going to stop <laughs> the contest now, and um, but uh, we'll, we'll get good prizes on a monthly basis rather than shoddy ones on a weekly <laughs> basis. I thought, and. Um, so yeah, that's that's been great fun, um, and uh, yeah. So I, I'm I'm kind of uh, all sorts of stuff is happening um, in the air right now, but I'm 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 largely waiting to hear about exciting things, and um, yeah, it's it's an interesting point to be because uh, I'm. I'm Actually, today I got some positive news and a moving forward on stuff, but I'd actually started writing offhandedly a fantasy novel just for something to do um, while I'm waiting because I kind of thought I've got I've got a plot in my head for this um, and I can drop it once something arrives. And that's just happened today. So
0: cool. That's great. Mm. You know, and again, uh, you're so prolific and to even be on top of all your work to do a weekly newsletter. That's great that you're having fun doing it. And, uh, yeah. Well, maybe, I, you know. I, I, couldn't do it without, honestly. Sure. That's yeah. no, that's, that's awesome. Do you write every day? I mean, do you take, you know, the yeah. weekends off or whatever, or are you writing oh, every day? Oh.
4: No, I take the weekends off. Um, okay. I can't help but I can't help, but take Sundays off because Caroline's business. I I have to be doing childcare for a lot of it. And, <laughs> and, um, but yeah, uh, I, every weekday, um, I I try and do uh, 2,000 words or uh, five pages of comics or uh, five pages of television. And um, sometimes, you know, when when things get especially uh, piled on, I, I may have to take double dips of that. But, you know,
0: that's my ideal. That's how I'd like to work. I know you've been doing the occasion. How many elementaries have you done? Only one or a couple? Oh, just just the one. Just the one. What other television work? I'm always, you know, and, and luckily because of, well, God, now they're again because of all the different streaming platforms, we're able to get a lot of British television that doesn't normally come over here through public television or whatever, you know, other cable or or, or broadcast channels. What what well, television that, that, work have you been doing lately?
4: Oh, not nothing in recent years. Um, oh, okay. because – because i've been um i'm i'm trying to uh inveigle myself into doing original work for television rather than working on somebody else's show this is Understood. this is what my, my what my vow to to only do my own characters kind of uh, kind of adds up to that sure. um, because i'm 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 fairly financially comfortable so i thought i've got the time now. Uh, to have a space to to write some big stuff of my own and see if I can move up, you know.
0: Sure, that's the dream. Absolutely, yeah. And it's yeah. certainly in this environment currently. I mean, I know a lot of your peers, obviously, are. God, I saw Mark Miller uh, at C2E2 in Chicago. And, oh, how's he doing? He's doing great, and we had dinner, and uh, we, we were talking about his Netflix deal, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 so happy for him, and and Bendis mm. and Kirkman and. Really, you know, guys on, on on both sides of the ocean, so uh, it's and women as well. So it's Ooh. it's it's a pretty amazing time. I I you know now here's something that I know you're creating. I'm assuming you're creating characters for, uh, and I'm so excited that you're part of this book series. And also, I know that it's I believe it is in development for television as well. And that's uh, George R. R. Martin's uh, Wild Cards. And it's funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a. I am not ai have to confess. I'm one of those few nerds that hasn't gotten into Game of Thrones yet, but love Wild Cards. And I met George Probably. in a bar. And I'm like, I told him, I'm like, God, I love Wild Cards. I've been, you know, reading it since Ace's High, since the first book. And it was so exciting then in the 80s when the series came out. And uh, it's for people who don't know and haven't been reading the series, short stories that he edits and, and collects of uh, this alternate universe, and these are people with superheroic abilities, and they're both heroes and villains. And some do wear costumes, and they're the aces, they're the heroes, and then the the jokers are the villains. And really excited about this volume that you're going to be part of. I'll I'll let you describe it and give the title and more details because you know more than I do.
4: <laughs> well, I'm I'm um I've already been in one wild cards volume. Um, I didn't know that. Fort for Freak a few years back, and I've done some short stories for Tool.com with them. Okay, but. Um, I'm in two um, World Cards anthologies this year. Um, I'm um, part of um, Low Chicago, um, which uh, is coming coming out in the states this year. Cool, and uh, that's a story about my um, my character, the understudy, who's um, <laughs> a, a British actress, a young British actress, studying at the um, in in New York and with aspirations to be in theatre. And she picks up other people's superpowers randomly like Wi Fi. Fantastic. So she, she <laughs> but
3: That's a great and, idea.
4: Um, and um she she really hates it because she'll, she'll just be walking along the street and she'll burst into flame, you know. <laughs> but um the um, and she's she's a little bit Bernice in that she's a, a, a very a very British wry voice commenting on, um, you know, <laughs> insane stuff. She'd rather not be part of. Um, but um, in in this one, um, my st- my story for Low um, Chicago is called uh, a-, a bit of a dinosaur. Um, and um, like all the stories in that volume, they involve time. It involves time travel. And um, of all the people, I, I cannot. Um, imagine being comfortable with being thrown back into uh, uh, the age of the dinosaurs it's her um but sneakily there's stuff in that story uh that's really relevant to long-term wild cards continuity and i love the fact that i got to do that that um i got to play around a bit and uh you know uh put forward some architecture and move things forward just a little. And I think uh, there's a big revelation in in there, which long-term Wild Cards fans will be, I hope, quite surprised by. So that's very pleasing. Excellent. And um, the other thing I'm in is um, Knaves Over Queens, um, which which is uh, the British Wild Cards collection, which is out this year. And it's been bumped up in the publication order in Britain because they like it a lot. And it's uh, the entire history of the wild cards universe in Britain. (laughs) And um, so we've got stories from every era of wild cards, but only in in a British context. There's loads of British writers involved. There's Charlie Strass. There's Peter and Emma Newman. There's all sorts of people. And um, actually, there's Emma Newman and there's Peter Newman. They don't work together. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, it, it's um, basically um, it's a, it's a, a very British take on the whole phenomenon. You, what I love about Wild Cards is that it's a superhero universe that's been running in real time mm-hmm. since for decades, and so our characters actually have aged and died, and the world has changed, and things have moved on, and that's so rare in superhero universes. Absolutely. My, my character for Knaves Over Queens is Charlie Soper, who's um, an MI5 um, intelligence officer in a very uh, realistic, very run-down John Le Carré way, cool. um, who finds finds himself um, sighingly having having to deal with the ramifications of um, uh, having aces and deuces in London in the nineteen um, in the nineteen fifties, and um, he also has to deal with, uh, sorry, the 1970s. Oh, okay. He, he also has to deal with a um, uh, the the fact that Winston Churchill um, has become quietly immensely long-lived as a result of the Wild Cards virus, and is insisting on staying in politics.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. Uh, Go on. And. Uh, and i think this came as
4: quite a surprise to uh, the our american writers um that that we, we british do not see that as a good idea at all
3: <laughs>
4: and, and so it's a it's a story that's very anti that concept um so i i, I had a great deal of fun pretending to be john le carre and um <laughs> it's uh, it, 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 and some somebody of of a musical nature, a real person show, from the 1970s shows up in that one as well, which is is pleasing.
0: That's great. You know, I loved your Knight and Squire miniseries you did for DC Comics, which, if people don't remember the Batman and Robin of England and you know, you had, and I always love Jarvis poker, the British Joker. And British you always, Joker, yes. Yeah. You always have to, exactly. you always have to say his slogan after saying his name. Um, and, and immediately when I read the description of this, my thoughts went to that and I'm like, Oh, you're perfect for this and your character sounds fantastic. And also, as you say, um, this, uh, side of Churchill, I, you're right. It is really new to Americans. I mean, history nuts, and and maybe just surface history nuts, and I'm probably more of a surface history nut. Of course we revere Churchill, and we didn't know until watching things like uh, The Queen, the great Netflix series, and also you know, surprisingly it's not as good as Darkest Hours, but they've been running Brian Cox's uh, Churchill movie Mm. uh, on American television. And it's, you know, it's lesser than Darkest Hour, but it does kind of convey that you know, feeling of the government that you know, yeah, Winston was kind of a pain in the ass, and maybe not going in, and sometimes obviously was able to push the the Brits in the in the direction they needed to go into, whether they knew it or not. But certainly, too, near the end of his uh, term as prime minister and everything, yeah, that you know, it was, yeah, he was just you know not keeping up with the times, obviously, and and. and- well, there are, well very good me, yeah. reas-
4: there are very good reasons why he lost the general election immediately after the war. Um, you know, the, re- re- the men returning from the war um, were not having this anymore. And, um, uh, you know, I-, I think it's correct to revere him for what he did in wartime. Sure. But, but you know, his finest hour is, is about his only good one. And... Um, you know it's interesting
3: i uh,
4: i i i'm just glad that we we were allowed uh, a genuinely british viewpoint in the wild cards universe this is this has been quite uh, quite nice to find george so receptive to that and uh, i got to write a bit of the politics history of of britain for wild cards because of course we we deviate from the moment the wild cards <laughs> virus hits. We deviate from real history. So I was able to um I I, I I got to um put in a couple of Prime Ministers that never were for really good reasons as a result of the wild card virus happening.
0: Very cool. And also starting with the fact that it's Queen Margaret, not Queen Elizabeth, Margaret yeah. Elizabeth's sister. And yeah. and again, I'm uh, I mean, I'm all over the crown. I, I just adore that series it is so fascinating yeah. and and it really i mean again i cuz we you know we forget we we as i always like to say we're the hillbillies over here that have murdered the english language and you know do the best we can as far as you know our country i mean we do fine with pop culture and sometimes we get it right history wise but it really is interesting and we it's for- not it's not too late you can come <laughs> back
4: you know we we would we would welcome you with well actually <laughs> I we we probably need to take a vote.
0: <laughs> I, I understand. Exactly. Yeah, well, I'm not saying we need to rejoin the uh, the empire, but but that said, um no, you honestly, we are so ignorant sometimes of those post-war British years of, you know, rations and and still, you know, the near poverty level that that uh, you know, uh, Britain was in in yeah. in those in those really rough, you know, 50s years and stuff and it and that's why I really love how the queen in that that series uh, it really, you know, kind of explores all that. I, I'm I'm just absolutely riveted with every episode. And and also, Matt Smith, I'm so happy that, because a lot of times it seems like the doctors in their post-doctor years, Eccleson has certainly found some great roles, and and, and Tenet has too, and certainly Broadchurch is a good example of that. But but sometimes, at least again from the American perspective, you lose track of these guys. And it's like, hey, look at Matt Smith kicking ass as Prince Philip. He's oh, amazing.
4: Yeah. yeah. And in Britain, this has actually made him more famous. Um, you know, it, it, it's
0: it,
3: he
4: was very big as Doctor Who over here, but this is bigger. That's great. So, hmm. Um, well, and
0: we yeah. know the controversy, obviously, too, about uh, the payment, because, and, I, and forgive me, I forget the actress's name. And I know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a member of the Screen Actors Guild now, so I was very mm. happy that she won her award for the Queen, and, and she's so great. And has Claire Foy. So yeah, Claire Foy. Um, she she yeah.
4: was in a pilot, pilot of mine once. So I was um, amazingly pleased we got her.
0: That's fantastic. And Ooh. again, and now, I, man, I suck and I, I'm such a, I, I, I apologize to the women listening that I'm not as cognizant of, of, of actors' names that are women rather than the the men. But the the co-star of Broadchurch, I know, is going to take over as Elizabeth oh, in the next. Oh, Olivia series. Coleman. Yeah, and she, my God, and I've loved her Doctor mm. Who work, and she's great in Broadchurch. Yeah, so I'm really and and it's funny because she, for whatever reason, you know, that's a that's a great fit for, an a slightly older Elizabeth, and I'm really excited to see what uh, what the gentleman, what's what's the producer's name that also made the Queen and. Uh, the the oh. the crown. Uh, you don't remember? It's okay if you don't remember. No, I don't. No. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's somewhere there in the back of my head. I hear you, man. But I was doing pretty well there. You know, I, I had hell yeah, man. No, you're exactly. Let's move on to round two now. Potent potables for uh, twenty. It's like a quiz show. Oh so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but
4: is, there, uh, uh, is, is 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 there a is there a a, a mystery object round or? <laughs> no, I've got something in a box, Paul. It's furry. It's kind of squishy.
0: Good imagination, I like that. Man.
4: How can we do this over audio? Well, oh my we
0: god, um, I know that uh, uh, saucer state, your your comic series. Oh is yeah, moving along uh, quite, quite well.
4: Yeah, we, my American politics UFO mythology series uh, that was saucer country when it was over at Vertigo. Uh, IDW did six issues of saucer state um, this year, and we are going to come out with the finale later this year. Cool. Um, me and Ryan Kelly. And I'm delighted that we're heading to get that finished. It's um, it, it, it's amazingly relevant. It, we 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 the involvement of Russians in American politics um, has been part of the backstory of that title since many years ago at Vertigo, and here I am, ready with a finale that's really kind of about now and. Uh, reality is caught up with us so i'm kind of chomping at the bit to get that out there um the um vladimir putin just with spoilers just walked in as the big bad at the end of um <laughs> saucer state so um, you know i'd like to resolve that cliffhanger thank you very much and we'll get there later this year
0: and I think there's some people here that would like your your opinion on how to handle the. You might want to send Congress when you're ready to tell the final volume, uh, the uh, the issues and stuff. They 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 might need that help, and, and certainly the president could. I don't know if he'll read it, but uh, maybe somebody in the administration might. And I don't know if it'll sway him or not. Probably not. Um, but no, you're right. You know, honestly, I just had uh, Gabe Hardman and Karina Becko on and uh-huh. talking about their invisible republic. And again, another reason why I wanted to talk to you, isn't it amazing that you make a piece of art and you do this literally, you know, a year or two ago, not realizing that current real events will suddenly make the art that much more relevant and I just that is so fascinating how a piece of art can change because of the way society changes and our perception of it just becomes, you know, that much more you know on the nose or or different in some ways i i find that fascinating
4: oh absolutely and um it's it's brilliant to have surfed the zeitgeist a little um it, it, the just watching this come true around us has been a disconcerting experience and um war these days being fought through uh, memes through ideas and the fact that we, well, we were taken so. I'm. I'm not. I, no. I'm. I. I don't want to reveal my plot. I don't want to. Uh, I don't I want to play my hand before the before the finale is out. So I'm, I'm not going to go any further down that that road. But um, this is something I've been thinking about a lot. And um, what, what the lovely thing about Source State is getting to see Ryan Kelly. Um, do his amazing acting he can do everyday people talking to each other and and emoting so well but also when the weird arrives he's so good at drawing the everyday that the weird um we've had um orthon the venusian in uh, the new mexican desert and um uh the greys and fairies and silver space ladies um all at once and uh, his ability to bring the weird to to down to earthness is just tremendous.
0: Excellent, man. No, I've been a fan of his since local. Right, local yeah, was his. Yeah. he and Brian Wood. And yeah, no, I'm a great collaborator that you managed to find for uh, for saucer, saucer country and saucer state. He's, so he's that's... my
4: favorite. He's
0: will, my favorite. Will the third volume have a, a slightly different title, or uh, will it? Will we it...
4: haven't. We haven't decided yet. It would be nice to make it three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we don't know yet. Um, okay. in, in in some ways, we want to make sure we keep our audience from Source state. So, of course, not sure, not sure. Of course, who is your editor for uh, for these? My editor on Source state is the wonderful Tom Waltz, who uh, is uh, just tremendous at uh, shepherding us all and saying, "Oh, not sure about that. How about that?" But it's been basically um, me and Ryan have have had our being given our heads to run towards the finish line with this.
0: <laughs> that's excellent. Tom's great. I, uh, I've had him on man, yeah, very long ago on word Balloon when uh one of his uh writing projects years ago. Mm-hmm. But uh no fine editor, that's that's fantastic. Oh you know, I, I also wanted to ask uh, regarding memes and more so in the real world. Uh you know, I mean certainly you're you're well aware of what's going on here with uh the the way that we, memes have been weaponized is that happening in England as well and again this oh, is Oh yeah. Okay. Oh my
4: god, yes. Um the um the whole manner of um uh, well the Brexit campaign certainly um yes. It, um, I I do think the the shape of our democracy insulates us to some degree. The fact that we're a parliamentary democracy mm-hmm. So the prime minister doesn't have executive power. Um, You know, there's very little that she can do without taking it to a vote. Understood. Yes. Uh, And this means that there's a there's a certain amount of cushioning between the effect of any given meme and the floor of the House of Commons. Interesting. You know, it's not a a question of watching Fox News in the morning and then, (laughs) you know, firing off a missile (laughs) at the afternoon. You know. (laughs) <laughs> and um, uh, so I'm. I'm quite. I'm pleased. I'm pleased that the shape of our parliament has has protected us from some of this. Um, but no, it's still pretty awful over here.
0: Wow. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, yeah, it's a, it, As we said, it's a different world. Although sadly, it is in these times that great fiction is usually produced. I'm reminded of V for Vendetta, and yeah. Alan Moore's, you know, frustration with Thatcher and. Uh, the closed circuit isn't it interesting that was such a new and shocking development i'm sure in 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 your country when uh the cameras were all over the place and now <clears throat> big brother's always watching and and I guess we just don't care anymore it's mm. it's very very interesting
4: i i I think that the the degree to which people do not care. Um, that's been the big revelation of the last
0: four or five years. <laughs> Great, pretty amazing. Yeah, man. Yeah. Am I missing anything as far as other other things that are coming well, up? I am. Oh, that I you am, can't of course, speak about, of course.
4: Yeah, I am. Of course, also a podcaster now. Yes, I'm. Um, so,
0: thank you, Paul. I was I was hoping we'd talk a bit about podcasting. Thank you.
4: And uh, I'm really enjoying Hammer House of Podcasts, where me and Lisbeth Miles are watching all the Hammer movies in order.
0: Excellent. Um
4: uh, in order of UK release and uh, we have an entire uh, separate um, monthly podcast track for our patrons on Patreon.
0: Oh, fantastic.
4: Um, They get an extra podcast where we're watching all the amicus portmanteau horror movies in turn. And they also get to suggest um, patrons over $5 get to um, uh, nominate a movie for us to watch. Um, (laughs) Either a Hammer non-horror movie, or a horror movie from another company from in the same time span. And um so we we've we've been having a wonderful time doing that. And uh we're judging by the reviews and the amount of patronage, we're we're pleasing an audience as well. Um it's it's really great to uh we both come to it with a certain amount of nervousness and trepidation every month because we both have invested so much energy into it. We're kind of um it's like a very intense hour long conversation about a particular movie that we've got running jokes and everything as well. You know, we kind of, um, we've been watching the evolution of horror, of hammer horror and, um, we are up to, we just did quite a mass too. Okay. Wow. Um, uh-huh. and, um, so yeah, we've got a long way to go. This is a podcast that's going to last about eight years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And man, you know, I think as a kid, I, I, uh, I, I, it was too garish, and I, and especially coming from the 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 niceness of the uh, of the of the, or not niceness, but just the the cleanliness of the Universal films of, yeah. of the 30s and 40s, that Hammer just really did seem like, hey, in your face, here you go, man, here's some yeah. blood right there, and it's in color. Uh, but that's what they do. Yeah, but, um, but 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 you know, as a you know, you grow to appreciate it, and certainly you know, Lee's Dracula and. Cushing's Frankenstein movies, well, and and also uh, you know appreciating the early years of Stephanie Beecham. which <laughs> well yes the the, um, the the the
4: quality of script of some of these is tremendous. Yeah. The Curse of Frankenstein, the first Frankenstein, is um, written by Jimmy Sangster, it, it is 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 a work of staggering genius. I kid you not.
0: I believe it. Um,
4: yeah, and <laughs> um, he does things with the Frankenstein legend that nobody had ever done before. Um, and uh, I say legend. It's not a legend at all. It's, a, it's an original work of fiction by Mary Shelley. But, <laughs> but he goes in different directions, and uh, those directions he goes in um, become the Frankenstein story that, in inverted commas, everyone knows. That it, it, it kind of he invents all the stuff that's not in the Universal and not in the Mary Shelley and he just kind of pulls it out of thin air um he wasn't allowed to do anything that was in the uni- universal r- version for copyright reasons sure yeah and he opted not to he opted not to read the novel um but instead he said he said this often in interviews he said everyone knows the story of frankenstein and he wrote the story that he thought everyone knew which was actually creating out of nothing <laughs> the, the story of Frankenstein that everyone came to know. That's
0: fantastic.
4: Yeah, man. It, wow. It, it, it's an amazing piece of work.
0: You see that? And that's the thing, man. You get such command of the language that every time I hear you on a podcast, I'm always thrilled. And I used to love... What was the roundtable that you used to participate in? Oh, uh, the Cornell Collective. Of, shame on me. I didn't realize it, that it, it, it was self-titled podcast. Only...
4: It now only exists as an annual uh, late-night um, panel at the Gallifrey One Convention. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even a podcast anymore. We, 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 we recorded the initial couple, but, the, but then we decided that we were being so filthy that um, really we it was easier just not to put it out.
0: Are the older episodes still available or no?
4: Um, actually, no, because um, we haven't found... Uh, the uh, the, yeah, we the uh, company that made them um, oh. got out of the podcasting game, and we've still we've still got the audio, but we're we're looking for a long term home.
0: Okay, all right. And how long have you been doing the Hammer uh, podcast?
4: Um, uh, about five months now. We're cool. on to about six months. We're 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 on to our fi- our fi- episode fives.
0: Okay, so you you release it monthly?
4: Yes. Okay. It, it, well, two weekly if you're a patron.
0: Yes, of course. Okay. Mm. That's excellent. I Man, you know, uh, well, and again, as someone who tries to put them out weekly and stuff, and again, well, you've got your writing to do. All I have well, to do exactly. is I'm, sit on radio I would, and, and, you know, bore people with my traffic it reports.
4: It would kill me. It would kill me to do and podcast every
0: week. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of energy we put into it. That's a job, you know. I understand. I totally understand. But that is that is so fantastic. And, I man, I am so in. So that's great to, uh, to know. Because I saw... On your blog, you mentioned the Hammer podcast and didn't real. I assumed that you might have been a guest on it and stuff. Didn't realize this is something you're doing uh, yourself with your, with your co-host. What is her uh, backstory?
4: Oh, uh, Elizabeth is um, a... Uh, she's part of the Verity Doctor Who podcast, which is Hugo nominated this mm-hmm. year.
0: Yes, I saw uh, that.
4: And... Um uh she does lots of other podcast work she's also um she works uh she's she's a, a writer she's um, done some stuff for big finish um uh, you know so she's from deep in who fandom and she's kind of my closest friend and um so we were we were both thinking of you know what we what original thing we could do in podcasting and um, we both love Hammer Horror. She she kind of loves Peter Cushing and thus Hammer Horror. Makes sense. And, yeah. I'm 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 more there for the writing, but um <laughs> and, and and we both we both bring a uh, individual perspective to to the movies and um the interaction is great fun, especially when uh, you know um she tends to have a very um she enjoys the business of watching a Hammer movie and i'm slightly more negative but we we both we we both you know if 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 something isn't good i'll say so but sure. we both we both believe a listener enjoys the um the positive more than the negative so we try and find the positives I'm sure. um and um and it, sometimes it's really easy to find the positives like with the curse of frankenstein or the quatermass experiment
0: absolutely yeah mm.
4: And sometimes we, there's one <laughs> coming struggling. up called "There's one coming up called the Man Who Could Cheat Death," which you know, is just a hell of a trudge. It really is.
0: <laughs> the,
4: but but she'll be doing what she always does and goes, "What are you talking about?"
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> um, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Where, what was her take on uh, the way they handled uh, Peter Cushing in uh, Rogue One? Oh, she loved it. Oh, that's uh, well, great. She she just well, well. I can't speak for her. Well, I understand. Um, I, I
4: mean i I've seen her reposting on Twitter an awful lot of um, uh, artwork for about him from that movie. So I assume she liked she liked the. Uh, the, the just like the resurrection of the Cushing character. But actually, she she may have thought that was a bad idea. She might she might prefer the actual Cushing. I don't know.
0: Well, that's the thing I, I understand. You know, I, I appreciated it for, because I think it really was well done. And, and I remember, God, 30 years ago, when HBO was doing the Tales of the Crypt uh, television series based on the EC Comics. And mm-hmm. they kind of then had a very crude attempt to resurrect Bogart in uh in in one episode and it was you know it was clunky or and certainly i don't know if they uh if the advertisements made it to england but there have been certain like you know beer commercials oh, yeah. and oh, things yeah. where john wayne or uh, fred astaire dancing with a vacuum cleaner and you're just like oh god you know but well, I, but i did think that yeah bringing tarkin back in this way i thought was really inventive and i yeah. thought was well done
4: i i i liked it as well i i um, I liked Young Carrie Fisher as well. I thought that yes. was a, a nice thing.
0: Absolutely. But, what What have you thought of uh, the the new Star Wars films in general?
4: Um, I I really like the recent ones. Um, I'm um, my wife is the huge Star Wars fan. Okay. Um, I I get a bit uh, lost actually. I don't. I don't. It, I don't follow Star Wars continuity. It's not in the back of my head. I don't have those internal computers going. I understood, yeah. So I'm, I'm forever asking my wife, and who's that? And, <laughs> and, and me and Jennifer Heddle, who's high up in Lucasfilm books, um, we always have um, dinner together at uh, San Diego Comic-Con uh, because we go way back, but largely on the basis that I'm not going to hit on her for work because I know nothing about the universe she manages. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and um, so you know, one day I'll pitch her my novel where some of the Star Wars people people fight other Star Wars people, and there'll be some kind of conflict between Star Wars people on their their, their planets, and they will kind of uh, uh, there will be a conclusion will be come to probably with some of the famous Star Wars people in it. That that's my pitch.
0: Sounds great. <laughs> yeah where um I uh um, oh and you know I didn't even recognize um and I forget the actor's name Adrian I want to say Vivian from The Young Ones.
4: Oh yes, yeah, great. He's he's got such a, a big serious acting <laughs> career now. The BBC did a tremendous version of War and Peace, which is one of my favorite things. Cool. And and he had a big central role in that and it was heartbreaking. He was wonderful.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, a good friend of mine who lives in Milwaukee was reminding me that uh, is it adrian and i forget his last
4: adrian edmondson
0: adrian edmondson of course and great as vivian i mean i i'm such a fan of those six or eight episodes of the young ones and uh yeah she's like you know you, you saw him didn't you and it was rogue one right i believe it was rogue one yeah or was the yeah. last Jedi. yeah it was
4: rogue one. See, you, I'm, you like, you know, I'm not the person to
0: ask i was gonna say i'm like you as well sir <laughs> last jedi did you were you, you you were happy with that i know that that and we don't have to go into detail but i certainly uh, i think there are both uh, sides of the i liked last jedi Myself. yeah
4: oh yes I, I came i was crying for half an hour after that movie i i i kept crying in the car on the way home i couldn't stop um it's just as well caroline was driving i i um i was affected by that in a really deep way yeah and, um it was um uh it basically basically it, it got me in the um, small boy going to see Star Wars in my local cinema with my dad, first time out, wow. um, and it, it just got me in a um, got me in the nostalgias, um, and it was a a perfect ending for that character. Um, I,
0: I agree with that. I wish there was a little more for Luke to do in the film. That's my <clears> only <throat> that's my only slight quibble. What what I what I absolutely
4: love is that he couldn't have hurt Kylo Ren at all that he was doing that perfect um, Jedi thing of yes. just letting him fight himself. Yep. And um, it had so many resonances with, um, you know, uh, yeah, with um, the death of Obi-Wan Kenobi just, you know, folding yes. him away in his cape. And, Absolutely. Um,
0: yes. You
4: know, it was the perfect peaceful warrior thing. And, um, you, you know, uh, I... <sighs> I'm I I'm I really like the portrayal of Kylo Ren as 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 the disease made manifest as the, the 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 problem with um young men who are seeking something and can't find it and are looking in all the wrong places. Um I have no sympathy for him. I meet enough of him online. Um <laughs> but and and you know he he is that that whiny yes. <laughs> um, uh, whiny fascist and um yeah yeah it, it, you know uh, but the the fact that that he basically he basically um gives everybody time to escape because he just has to finish off luke skywalker himself in a very dramatic way and that luke isn't even there that's delicious
0: agreed no, that's great, man, and I and I agree, and I, and I'm fascinated to see how J.J. Abrams takes over with the next episode because it does seem like they really tore up everything that they set out with Force Awakens. Nope, Snoke doesn't matter. Nope, uh, you know, uh, I love his speech to uh, to Ray about none of this matters. Like y- you think that this is all this one big whole thing? It's all bullshit, you well, know. Just, and and I, I while I go ahead, please, yeah.
4: I was very relieved that um you know um it would be nice to think that something in the Star Wars universe isn't about the um one's royal genes being yes. being inherited. Yeah. And um on the other hand the Star Wars universe has a history of people telling complete lies about the um, parentage of other characters. Um <laughs> <Exactly>. so,
0: <laughs> But it would be really nice if Ray just wasn't anybody special. That would be really good. Yeah, I think it's an interesting turn, and, and no, it only fascinates me of what they might be doing in the in the next movie. But
4: mm, it's that, very hard to predict where it's going, which is which is great. wasn't wasn't really <laughs> the case after the first movie. I think this has really added
0: to it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's it reminds me of uh, like in The West Wing when you know Aaron Sorkin kind of blew everything up at the end of the fourth season. And mm. handed, handed it. I don't know how, how if you've ever watched The West Wing. Oh but, yeah. Usually. Oh okay. There you go, man. I uh, yeah. I, you know, I just uh, literally as we're recording, I had Tim Matheson on, who played the vice pre- the first vice president John Hoynes, and of course from Animal mm. House and other great movies and TV and stuff. He. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I loved how they. You know, it was almost the same thing. Of okay, I just blew everything up that you set up in the first status quo. Now what are you going to do with this? Mm. See you later.
4: I love moments like that.
0: <laughs> Agreed. Well, dude, mm. great conversation as always. I truly lovely appreciate it. to hear from you. Thank you so much for having me on. Continued success. I'm I'm really excited about uh, reading the Wild Card books and uh, uh, thrilled that uh, again Big Finish is honoring uh, Bernice Summerfield in the uh, the way that they are, and can't wait for the uh, the final volume of uh, Saucer State and whatever oh. uh, plans uh, come up. So yeah, man, and the Audible sounds sounds great. Thank uh, you, thank
4: listening. you. Uh, see you uh, see you at a convention this summer. I hope.
0: Paul Cornell, I've already started listening to the Hammer House podcast. I've listened to the first two episodes. It's hilarious. Paul is just a natural podcaster, storyteller, obviously, and uh, really always happy to welcome him back and talk about his uh, new and future projects. So won't be the last time you hear from Paul Cornell on Word Balloon. I hope you enjoyed today's show. It was brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Again, thank you, League, for your support. If you'd like to subscribe to Word Balloon, you can go to patreon.com slash Balloon or you can go to wordballoon.com and click on the Patreon ad. I thank you very much for the support, League of Word Balloon listeners. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com, where you can find great books like uh, Gwena, Spider Gwen, Volume 5, Jason Latour, Robbie Rodriguez, what a wonderful series that continues to entertain. I think they might be wrapping things up shortly, but um, this volume, Volume 5, 42% off, $10.43. You can also get things like Harley Quinn and the Gotham City Sirens omnibus. Uh, This uh, reaches back to Gotham City Sirens, the full uh, run, and uh, Catwoman 83. Um, Wow, what a collection. This is uh, is a biggie. And I'm looking for a price. Here we go. It's 50% off. $37.50. Some Harley Quinn goodness from in-stock trades. There are also things like... Lazarus, uh, X Plus 66, that was uh, the miniseries that focused on very various characters. Greg Rucka and his old collaborator Steve Lieber on uh, this series of Lazarus. And uh, it was terrific. We talked about it with Greg on the last time uh, we did a Rucka debrief a few uh, weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago now. But uh, this says Michael Lark is in there and Eric Trotman and Steve Lieber, of course, Justin Greenwood. I believe actually it was a separate artist for each uh, issue, as I remember. But this is a great miniseries that uh, goes into more uh, detail of the Lazarus Universe. It's 42% off, $9.85. You can get ninjack, Volume 1, Ninja Files. Uh, this is Christos Gage and Trevor uh, I, You know, I've really become a, a, a valiant convert, especially when it comes to ninjack. He is one of my favorite characters, Colin King, a, a very interesting secret agent. Uh, this volume is 30% off, 6 dollars and 99 cents just a few of the great books you can find it in com. do yourself a favor check it out now great books at great prices in com. thanks again for listening to word balloon today more great uh, word balloon coming up uh next week and uh again the reason why i wanted to get these out there is uh you know, Paul's got his Reddit coming up next Friday. I got a few other people that have, like, kind of time-sensitive things that they want to promote, and we will get those out early next week. And uh, keep the ball rolling. Uh, I, had a, I had a slow start to April with some technical difficulties. Those are all behind me. So uh, let's crank them out and uh, give you some great comic book conversation in the Word Balloon tradition. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2018.